Yeah, so it's me, Chase, Zana, and then Tony Rodriguez is coming. Uh-huh. Um, just because she wanted just to get the a couple. you and you guys yeah. handle 70? Yeah, kids? so I do. That's a lot. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing like a serving and passing yeah. clinic. And then Zana's doing defense. Chase is doing something else. Uh-huh. And then we do like a little exhibition at night. And Love, that's it. It. Love yeah. it. What do they charge the kids about? I have no idea. That's yeah. a good, that's a good Good deal. It's a great deal. And it's super fun. fun. And do they take care of you coming out? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Not bad. <laughs> I got the Chase, invite. Yeah, Chase like asked it. if I wanted to do it. I was like, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I can. That's, cool, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's a cool, like, how Montana, that's kind of random. I've always yeah. wanted to go out there. It was, when I went to the one in mm-hmm. Boise, I was surprised because, one, I didn't know that Boise State had a beach volleyball team. And two, they're pretty good. They almost won right. their conference and got into uh, NCAA championships. And it's a beach-only program, so they don't use indoor crossovers. I figured nice. a program like Boise State That's would just be a bunch of indoor women's? people. Yeah. Wow. And, and they're D1? Yeah. They're in the same conference as uh, New Orleans. Do you know what conference UNO is in? I don't. I think they lost to... Texas A&M Corpus Christi maybe in the finals. Okay. Like yeah. one of those schools. There's nine conferences now. Um, and I don't know every one of them, but everyone has an automatic qualifier, which is huge. Where are you guys going? Uh, Obviously, big, you... Big question. Yeah, because yeah, USC, you're Big Ten, but there's no Big Ten. Yeah. Well, if... if like Big we Ten, right? I can't... UCLA and Nebraska, that's three. You need six teams to... Uh, like certify yeah. it as an official conference. The dream would be to get three more Big Ten schools involved yeah. because that it would be expanding so much. But uh, I think it's that's kind of uh, down the road. Yeah, um, I think it can happen. I think it's just a little bit down the road. So in the meantime, either we create a new conference, join a conference. Yeah. Um, but what I've been told is we probably will not be associated with the Pac-12 in any capacity. It's a kind of a bummer for beach fans. Yeah, but I mean think about it if we created a real powerful conference with you know UCLA and LSU and FSU and GCU and TCU yeah. and, and Oh yeah. You know what I mean like that there's no uh I mean everyone's a top team. Yeah. And what conference that are... would be pretty cool to watch like a game of the week totally. oh, yeah. or something. Heck yeah. What conference so Florida State and TCU they're are they in different the they're... CCSA. Okay. Um I think they're I think they're in the same. I know Florida State and LSU, um, they're all in that. Okay. And and so yeah, there's options. It's just a matter of figuring out what um what's best. Yeah, um, but we'll see. That they, we, they've been asking me quite a bit, administration, a bit. to figure out kind of what we want to do. But um, yeah, you know, I would like to see the season expand a week, maybe on the. F- well, I don't think you can expand it any earlier because of weather, right? Um, so maybe a two weeks on the end. Yeah, because right now it's landing on the same weekend as men's volleyball, the national championship, right. which. Hmm. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Spread it out, yeah. Uh, at least a week, and that would give us some more time to play. Yeah. But um, it's a relatively short season. Last week of February we start. Yeah. Then you have all of uh, March, all of April, and then the finals are right there in the first week. Right. So it, it's it's fast. It's it could sprint. be a little longer. Um, 
But so much expansion's taken place, right? From eight teams to sixteen in the national yeah. championship. Um, it was funny because I was on the 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 NCAA committee mm-hmm. for the, some of those decisions. It was cool to be try to be as influential as possible when they when they okayed the sixteen teams. A lot of people wanted to wait for another year, and I said, you know, let's do it immediately because yeah. you never know what can change. And um, also, the, when the single elimination came up last year, I said, let's let's do this. You know, I think it's just more compelling. I remember the, you were a proponent of that yeah, last time when yeah. we had you on, and then it became single limb. I was yeah. like, got his wish. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 I just think it's better for the sport. I think there's so many fans that don't understand single limb, right? Mm-hmm. How to try play on Saturday and might have had a loss, and now you're in the finals. Yeah. It's kind of... If you know volleyball, you know it. If you right. don't know volleyball, you're a little confused. Um, and I, uh, you know, I'd love to get your take because you're still playing. But it seems like we continue to do double elimination because we've always done it that way. Yeah, and that's usually the mm-hmm. only answer. <laughs> Anything yeah. but pool play, I'm happy with. <laughs> Anything but I, you know what I like and. All these things that I'm like curious to hear your point because you're in it right now is and I never got to play it, but the the modified pool play where it's like a mini bracket, right? I think that's awesome. Like how we do on the world tour, yeah, where you have the four, right? Because you can't yeah, manip- yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't manipulate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. regular pool play, yeah. can be manipulated, right? You know, it's the third match of the pool, and uh, you're two and zero. Oh, and regardless if you win or lose, you're still coming out number one in your pool, and the things can get dicey that right. way. But I think the modified, where it's like a mini semis yeah. and finals, is is clean. How come you don't like? Well, pool if you, play? you you have to have the right number of teams. Uh-huh. So with the twenty four team modified, and they're starting to see this a lot on the world tour, is that if you win your first pool play match, okay. your second one's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Because you're both coming out in the ninth place rounds. They should way. give a bye to that team. That... Even with the modified? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you come out first or second, winners, uh-huh. you're still starting in the round of 16. You get a better seat. You're playing for yeah. a better seating, but now in the world tour, it's like. It's too deep. It doesn't. But yeah, you're like, in. Trevor and them, like. But you're in. But you're in. Yeah. yeah you can, it. like, be like, I'm going to rest the match and so just it puts gamble a... that I'll get a better draw anyway. So it puts a ton on that first round. The first that round. The first round, round of pool play is like, that's it. Yeah. 100%. Interesting. But See, I you, knew I was going to be educated here. Could you <laughs> give a buy another, maybe make the, the draw bigger and then give a buy to that second match of pool play? So the winner of the whole pool gets a buy. And then the, so the winners play, the losers play, right? The losers are playing just to get into that lucky loser, yeah. right? Match. The, the person who loses the the winner's round is automatically in, but the person who wins the whole pool as a whole gets a buy. Yeah. Well, I think that's the way it would work if you did a 16-team modified. Oh, right. You'd be straight to fifth, though, which is a little weird to get right, straight to fifth. Right, where all the ones would come out with that buy, and then the twos and threes would play in the pigtails. Uh, um, right. But with a 24, 24 is a weird number, because if you do a double a limb... You'll have eight buys. If you win so your... 32. 32, I think, is the perfect number. <laughs> but 16, like if you do a 16-team single, I'm su- like you said, super easy to understand. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. super compelling for television. Because mm-hmm. every match is very interesting. Yeah, true. Because it's, it's an elimination. Right. 
but pool play is weird because I had so because I commentated Trevor and Theo's second match of pool play and uh, where you guys were your Mala Latvia, yeah and. Theo's skyballing. They're split blocking. They're just sort of wandering around. Because they, it's a toss-up where you're ending up. Right. And, and they then they ended up getting a good draw anyway, right? Right. Pretty good. I mean, like, not any Got it. Yeah. better or worse than other people's draws. But yeah, I was looking at the math because, like, Australia wins your pool. Right. And they end up playing the number two seed in the tournament. Whereas exactly. you got second in pool and you played the Estonians were eight. I think the Estonians right. are a, a better team than Ukraine. But the math didn't work out. oh yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah. australia technically got punished for winning pool yeah even though they didn't <laughs> that's <laughs> right. yeah that's interesting there's that's some ins and outs that i wasn't aware of but um i think what you're saying as long as there's something on the line there's gotta be something on the line. like because exactly. the first round it's huge you win it the two losers are fighting for their life right right so there's no problem there and right. then those that first and second team needs to be fighting for an advancement mm-hmm. and a, a buy in yeah. a draw. If it's not, if it's a toss up yeah. and like I can get second and end up in better shape than who got first, then there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So the double limb allows it to where if you lose at any point, th- now you go into fight for your life bracket. And if not, then you're like skipping rounds. Yeah. You know, double skipping. So it, that works. But the single limb for fans. Mm hmm. It's just fun, right? It's right. just like every match is just because it means. So that's much. what you want. Yeah. That's what you want with the sport. You want every yeah. match to mean a lot, right? Imagine, imagine this, and this I think puts it into real terms. If the NCAA basketball tournament was double limb, the top seeds would all pretty Top seeds would always be. But it top. would be lame be because top. all these buzzer beater winners, 100%. upsets don't mean anything right. because now you can bounce back. Right. Yeah. And it's the thing. I mean, it would ruin that tournament. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It would ruin that tournament. So it's funny, actually. I mean, I actually respect it a lot that it's coming from you because you guys are usually loaded and powerhouse favorites to win. And double limb is better for teams like that. Yeah, no question. Right. You're like, if mm-hmm. we have a bad match, we know we can bounce back and we yeah. probably will. Yeah, it's like so, if you want the best team to win and assure that as a promoter or whatever, then double limb is going to, you know, it's like, of course, you give Phil Dahlhauser in his prime, <laughs> you know, five opportunities, he's probably going to make exactly, you pay right. on four of them. Like right. you beat him on you beat him on that one. And, yeah. Oh, he's still he's still here. You got to go beat him again in the final, you know, yeah. like, oh, great. A lot of people were like you said with with the call the collegiate part, they were asking me like you know isn't it better for like you said a top team because you have more chances if someone does sting you mm-hmm. you can come back, but every championship, and I think uh, it's less so for the number one spot. So there's been seven national championships given out. Mm-hmm. We've won five of them. UCLA's won the other two. I think one time. UCLA came out of the loser's bracket to win it. Every every other championship, the winner of the winner's bracket went on to win the whole tournament. Yeah. So now you talk about second place and third place, that gets really a lot more squirrely with right. double a limb. Mm-hmm. But the winner of the tournament, I think, I, I, I thought was going to be, you know, it was going to be the same. I don't think it, it changes other than gives you another shot at it. Um, 
but nine out of ten times we've seen the winner of the the winner's bracket just go on and win right yeah anyway so yeah and, as it should be and you guys made a great run in the loser's bracket that one year where were you head coach Stetson, when you lost to Stetson? No, yeah i wasn't i wasn't there that year i okay. think that was 2019 okay and they lost first round and then they uh, battled all USC the way back to, to the Stetson, final. Yeah. yeah, and they battled all the way back. And I think it was, yeah, they played UCLA in the final. They beat LSU in the semis. And then that team was really reliant on the top three teams to, to sweep every time. Yeah. And um, they did it against LSU to get into the finals. And then uh, UCLA got them. Because uh, I think every time that I have coached as a as an assistant or a head coach and we've won the championship um that's five times every time we've won at either the four or five spot huh like depth depth is so key win right. that i think it's like a lot of championship teams right yeah it's, the team that has that six man or, or yeah that. yeah same thing, yeah. Same the thing, like O line or whatever. You might know. not get all the attention, but that's the cornerstone yeah. of when you're up against it. Yeah. Is everyone contributing? Yeah. You know, I think it's very difficult. You know, maybe five, six years ago, you could have gone with those top six athletes, mm -hmm. those top three teams, and now the margins are just too slim. Yeah. It's it's so so deep and so competitive, and especially when you get to that one spot. I mean, you know, a year ago we had like Tina Gradina, yeah. who's coming back from the Olympics, you know, and then <laughs> right. this year, you know, uh, Daniela for TCU, uh, Spanish player. I think they're taking the year off next year, but she'll probably make a run at Paris yeah. representing Spain, and you know, Megan Crafts out there trying to make yeah. it, and so you're you're talking these players are, you know some of the best in the world, right. you know, they're, they're up there competing with the, the big dogs and it's pretty cool that I, I just have a blast with the collegiate format. It's so it's fun. And awesome. There's so many storylines yeah. and oh, how it, fun would it be if we could bring that international? I know? Be the yeah. best. Some people, I, I got that question the other day. Could do, I think the Olympics will change to this kind of format. Whoa, that would be wild. With like, even if it's can just you do three it with teams. less? Can you do it with less teams? Does it work? Yeah, you three do it with teams, three. Whatever, right? Yeah. You do it three and you have three. Huh. I mean, how I don't cool think would Norway would like that. Right. <laughs> how well, there's cool four moles that? now. They could find a way. Yeah, they'd still be good, but <laughs> they would all be, would, they would uh, all be, moles. be much less. But imagine that. Having six players make yeah. the team, yeah, that would be cool. Because that's God, what they're doing. That awesome. in Europe right now, it's, it's I think it's called the Nations Cup, okay. where it's it's three teams. It's that format, and yeah, so really. I mean, oh. if you look at like Italy yeah. is a powerhouse. The Dutchies are a powerhouse. Totally, yeah. It's super fun, and it's cool to see. We talk about it a lot that like you never root for your own countrymen because right. they're mm -hmm. your biggest rivals. But it's cool to see now Adrian's rooting for like Nikolai. <laughs> and Lupo nice. and Rossi. It's fun to see like that different atmosphere. Is he though? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to ask. <laughs> yeah, I Even think, in that setting. <laughs> I think those events have done pretty well. Every like all the stuff I've seen, the crowds are big and people are into God, it. That sounds so fun. Yeah. It'd be cool to do that before I retire. Even if we throw it ourselves. Yeah. Just need a few hundred G's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone out there? 
It would be fun to see, though, if the Olympics did change their format to that. That would be fun. That'd be wild. It would be... Uh, Three teams qualified. That would make my life a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause, and I think it's getting easier to do it now because the game's gotten so big mm-hmm. where I, I don't know. I can't think of many countries who don't have three decently competitive mm-hmm. teams. Sweden, mm-hmm. they would not be stoked. Yeah. They have one really good one. And then a couple of like youngsters in the qualifier, like, but yeah, they wouldn't be stoked on it. But Germany's got a, a lot of good talent. The Dutch yeah, is like all of, pretty much all of Europe would be and Brazil. Yeah, Estonia. <laughs> yeah. Estonia might have some problems. Latvia. Yeah, whatever. It would be, be fun. Format. It would be fun, or even just like a series. You know, like we have the gold series. That's the na- the whatever nations cup series. Yeah, but like a part of the world tour, it's like there's something to win there, right? Yeah, I feel like that's part. That's the the big thing in our sport. There's not always like something big to win, you right? Know, on the line. Right. Which is like the formats we're talking about. Like that's what fans want. That's what <clears throat> everyone wants. Yeah, like you a want the pressure. Of... You want to watch pr- athletes under pressure and playing for something. Yeah, to win something big or lose something big, and we don't always have that. For example, Mel, the the Canadian girls <laughs> did their finances after they won Latvia. <laughs> yeah, an amazing event to win. When they came they, out. Did they post them or they something? lost money? Because they had to change their, their, they made their flight too tight to the final, so yeah. they had to change it. Yeah. And it ended up, the cost of the whole trip was more than their five grand they won. Oh, For like, a, a, like that's a huge event to win. Yeah. yeah. That, it, it, it was not an Elite 16, though. No, it, it was, was a challenger. challenger but like, it's challengers tough. are elites now. Like, they're base, right. they're, they're the, very the, watered down the elites. The caliber of volleyball is it's, it's, there. Yeah, the caliber is insane. And they lost money. That's embarrassing. Like, what are dagger. as a fan of the sport, you're yeah. just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> they're that's playing unf- to not lose money. <laughs> that is that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's, yeah. What I what I like about the college format though is like you said, every court's the same. Court one is worth a point. Right. Court five yeah. is worth a point. And I'm curious, recruiting wise, what is there like a certain strategy to recruiting because beach is such an interesting sport scholarship wise Mm -hmm. because you have six right that you can chop Mm -hmm. up however you want and i always talk to delaney about this where i'm like would it be better to just get six really good players just put them on a full ride like six court one talents you could just do full ride one through three and then walk on on the way down but yeah now it's you got a sweep right or you could try to spread them out with walk-ons yeah, and that's what I'm curious about but it with depends. how many girls there are playing now. It all depends on, because it's not an equal playing field, because mm-hmm. every school costs a different price point. Right. Good so point. it's like, yeah, you got six scholarships. If we were dealing with value, we would be in a great shot, in a right. great <laughs> position. Like, hey, you're getting a $400,000. Right. <laughs> Versus like a local, a, a local kid in Hawaii. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not the case. Right. right. It's, um, it's really, it's challenging that way. But, um, you know, I think f- for us, we've we've really tried to, create because you have 10 starters and you 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 want 10 athletes out there 10 10 volleyball players that can that can go hard um 
but yeah, you can slice it. There's so many different theories of yeah. how you you attack it. Um, it's just it's interesting because say you do go that route, right? Do you tier it? Do you go two freshmen, two sophomores, right. two juniors? Because you don't want to be unloading mm-hmm. a, a whole all, once. all six of them. Where right. you're like, oh, there's six. Now let me go get six more freshmen, <laughs> right. and then yeah. you ride them for four. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Right. Um, it's interesting though. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's. I mean, I'm sure coaches try to hammer it out, but um, and they try to cover up their their shortcomings as well. But um, the better, more volleyball players you have that are good, that can push the limit um, and make everyone better yeah. uh, in training, I think that's been a really strong formula for us. Yeah. Because um, you did a remarkable job replacing what I think is probably the most talented roster yeah. in beach history. And we lost 12 after the second, <laughs> second championship. and. <laughs> It was uh, it was it was a lot. We brought ten in, and it was. I always said it was going to be a quick learning curve for yeah. some freshmen, and some of the freshmen just really stepped up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Gabby Walker at the number five spot really uh, was playing well. Um, Madison White would played at the two spot for us, and she was a freshman. Um, she, you know, hit it out of the park. And then we had some transfer students. You uh, killed it in Jenna, the portal. Yeah, Jenna yeah. Johnson and Ashlyn Rasnick-Pope. So Jenna Johnson was from Florida State. Ashlyn mm-hmm. Rasnick-Pope was from LSU. They came in. I ended up, um, and we we had a lot of thought about this, but Gustavo and I ended up putting Jenna and Ashlyn together at the four spot and um they hadn't even really played together yeah uh, for we put them together for the national championships and a lot of people thought we were crazy but i knew they were both exceptional athletes really strong and um they were fiery you know a lot of the the cool thing is the transfer portal and covid kicked up an extra year for a lot of players but the fact that they wanted almost all the transfers that transfer like they want a different experience. They want a, a shot at a title. Mm-hmm. They want to do something that they haven't done. And this is like their final year yeah. of doing that. Um, and we've created a you know a pretty good reputation of, hey, we're going to be in the mix. Um, do you want to come help this program and be a part of that? So to see like Jenna come over and Ashlyn Rasnick-Pope and Madison Shields, yeah, all three of them, that was their goal. Like, hey let's we got one year we got one crack at this let's go to sc and see if we can pull this off and most people thought there was no way we were going to be in the mix last year um but we just put our head down and just kept playing yeah just just kept playing we the at the end of the regular season um we got a beat up a little bit in the pac-12s um losing to ucla losing to um who was it? Cal. Cal had a really great. Um, Cal's always that yeah. team. They can Cal's, beat anyone. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're a solid team, and they they put they put together uh, so much. Their head coach Megan, and then their assistants um, Joe Mayer and isn't Derek? Uh, Is Derek still there? Dancer? He's at Washington now. Oh, Washington. Yeah, right. he was at Cal. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Dancer Styles, Dance Styles. I don't know okay. if you know that name. Um, but yeah, Derek 
got the head coaching job at Washington. Washington got yeah, you, got so you. he was, yeah, he yeah, was okay, there for okay. a while. But um, yeah, Cal's really come along, and they they have some great players. But um, it's been a it's been it's been great. This last this next year coming up will be the last year that COVID years are ah, that people okay. have. They'll be exhausted, right? Right. Because uh, like Megan and when Megan and Delaney came in, that's that's the first year that wasn't affected okay. by COVID. So they won't have this will be their senior year coming Got it. up. And it's pretty cool for them. They have they have uh, an opportunity They're three for three. Yeah. To, to <laughs> Whoa. Four titles. Like that's like crazy stuff. I think I think on the men's side I think Ricky Ludies, you remember the name Ricky? Well, I know Ludies. the name. Yeah, I think he pulled it off at UCLA once. But like, it's it, it to do that is did is Sarah huge. Hughes yeah. come close to that? Sarah but Hughes. They had the individuals titles yeah, back those then, are, right? Yeah. And what, how did they do? Sarah started basically in twenty. It was a lot. There was her like, junior year was twenty sixteen. The first year. That the, it was an NCA sport. Right. Oh, so, yeah, that was the first year. Wow. Yeah, so I remember in 2015, that was the first year I joined as an, an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, the team went 28 0, won the AVCA national championship. The next year was the first NCA okay, gotcha. championship, which they were dead set on. We got to win this first one. There'll <laughs> yeah. never be another first. Right, yeah. And her and uh, Kelly Chang, just so focused, uh, ended up winning that. And then came and won back to back, winning in 2017. I think that's when they finished up. Gotcha. So, three titles. She didn't have the opportunity to win all NCA titles, right, 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 um, because the sport's so young. Yeah, exactly. But um, and you're right. They used to have the individual, or not the individual. I should call it the pairs championship. Right, right. Um, but the NCA always wanted one championship, and at first I thought it was kind of a bummer. I thought they should have the pairs as well. But as time has gone by, I've seen the value of having just the team. Yeah. Because if you separate it, then all these colleges start to change their agendas. Right. Like my agenda now is to get one great team. Right. Yeah. To send that one great team, you know. And we'll just claim that national championship. Yeah. And like yeah. forget about right. the whole concept. So with the team concept, I think it, it forces more inclusion. And more right. players, every team, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have probably 18 to 20 people on the roster. Um, and I just like, I like it. Yeah. That's a, my personal opinion. And um, I hope they stick with it. I know there will always be organizations trying to create a pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's crazy. And, and the ratings were up like 200%. I saw that. I mean, ah. the ratings were through the roof. Yeah, it so was, good to hear. It was insane. And ESPN, I got to work on that show as a broadcaster in 2019, the national championship. Oh, awesome. and I was so impressed with, I mean, they pulled out all the stops. You know, they really are vested in it, which is so cool. I don't know if you guys remember, but TNT did the first couple of years. Did they? And yeah, and then ESPN. I always thought ESPN got did the it. rights to it. The, the cool thing about TNT is we were getting a lot of publicity during basketball. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Playoffs. Right? <laughs> yeah. But no, but I mean, you can slice things a hundred ways. Nothing's better than being on ESPN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and the way they tiered it, basically, the 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 first few rounds were on ESPN. Um, ESPNU, 
mm-hmm. and then it jumped to ESPN two, and then the finals were on big ESPN, Sick. and it just it got so many new viewers, and it was it was just really it's cool to see it, it jumping up like that, and hopefully we can continue on the momentum, and then uh, roll into the Olympics next year. Um, but I would love to see the sport, you know, capitalize the fire that it has at at the pro level which Mm. you're living it right now and what you said about like mel and uh, brandy it's you know it's it's not helping right if i'm if i'm in the eighth grade or seventh grade i remember i used to this is before your time but we used to have volleyball magazine that would come out yeah that was your way to get news and stuff Mm -hmm. you couldn't just instantly get it off instagram and follow people but in the back, I remember vividly in the back of that magazine, they would put like the top 30 money winners yeah. every, every month. And then the final at, you know, at the end when the summer was over in September or August. And I remember looking at it and, you know, some years like Hart should be at like, I think his record was like 450,000. <laughs> and and then, that's back then. Yeah. And you so go, like you go like the top million, 15, now. you go the top 15, top 15 making six figures. Yeah. And you're not like, even including domestic, sponsors domestically. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Not even including sponsors. And so as a kid, that was important. You know, like you don't know really the concept of money, but at the same time you're like, oh, I could do that and actually make a living. Yeah. And make a career out mm-hmm. of it. And I think it hurts when you you, you say, yeah. you know, like, hey, they're going and doing this and winning and coming up short in this day and age, it's it hurts and it shouldn't yeah. be and yeah we, we got to change that and granted like there are sponsor money like they're they're making a living but that specific right. team but yeah it's like do you want to bring awareness to it so it changes yeah do and the people that you're bringing awareness to care <laughs> enough or are you just making the sport look bad by publicizing that so um, I just hope the platform I mean right now I think you guys being in it right now are you you have a platform, mm. a, somewhat of a you know a yeah. platform to start with, and we're gonna take a quick break from the show. Not just any break. This is the Waikia water break. Now Waikia has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try. that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waikia.com. This podcast is also brought to you by AG1. That's right. It is the absolute best nutritional supplement on on the planet. No question about it. Try and I, we push our immune systems to the absolute limit. Try's traveling all over the place. I have a newborn, so I'm not sleeping. And yet, 
We're both always healthy, and that's honestly because we start our days with AG1 every single day. It's the first thing I do. I make my morning coffee. I put a scoop of AG1 right into a little mixer, throw some creatine in there as well, drink that first thing in the morning, and my immune system is off the charts. I've been healthy ever since we started using this, which is about two years that we've been sponsored by AG1. I started drinking it because I knew when I was on the road, I needed to get my veggies in. AG1 is the absolute perfect supplement for that. It is a, a daily habit. I drink it literally every single day. Try does too. We've got a little travel package that we bring on the road with us. It is the number one supplement for nutrition. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health, and that's exactly what we do. It has 75 high-quality ingredients that give me the key daily nutrition and support energy, focus, strength, clarity, you name it. I write with it. I podcast with it. I commentate with a lot more clarity because of it, and yes, I stay healthy on the court because of it. Now, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com sandcast. I'll say that one more time. That is drinkag1.com sandcast to get your deal today. So check it out. It's honestly... The best supplement I've ever tried, and I've tried an awful lot, AG1 is the only way to go. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball, the greatest volleyball on the planet. There's no doubt about it. I know there's a, a couple different manufacturers out there, but Wilson is number one. The NCAA uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. The AVP uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. We love it here in the United States. We love it on the AVP tour, and we're seeing it infiltrate a bunch of domestic tours all over the world. You know why? Because Wilson makes the absolute best ball in the world. It's great. It's weatherproof. you got the optics spin technology, so you can be passing jump serves as well as try does. I'd say I do, but I don't pass jump serves as well as Try does. He's been winning tournaments because he's been training with Wilson's, and it's time to get your restock middle of the summer. Summer's just getting started here in the U.S., and so the beaches are going to be open. There's volleyball to be played, and it is to be played with a Wilson volleyball. So put it in an order using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's SANDCAST-20. That'll get you 20% off all Wilson orders. That's huge. So get your volleyballs, get your ball carts, get your ball bags, get all of your Wilson equipment today using Sandcast-20 at Wilson Volleyball. It's almost on you now to create the value. Yeah, and and build your brand yes. based on that platform. And it is a lot easier these days with social media like right. all the the, right. the tools are there. Granted you kind of have to have that personality for it. Right. But that's how I see it now. Like when right. I see this I, I really genuinely have stopped complaining just like to right. myself and right. to other people <laughs> right. about oh the prize money and this. I'm like, man, I'm done with worrying, mm. like hoping other people create a business plan and something that makes mm. me wealthier. You know, it's like we do have a platform. Like if they, I make a fine, a good living, a great living for what I, for myself. Mm. Um, but it's cause I'm, capitalizing on the right, platform that they're giving and, and the, the platform is if i if that's taken yeah. away from me right. everything i've created for myself is taken away as well right. so like there's a lot of value there mm -hmm. that we're not that i'm not like explaining while i say that the prize money's down you know right. 
There is value, but it would be nice when you, you, you know. You, also, we let's all... just focus on being a professional athlete, right? <laughs> right. Like NBA guys aren't like really worried about their brand. And if they are, then they have like a little team of people worrying about it. Right. And doing yeah. it, building it for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we all know how much, how much sponsor money is out there. Yes. And so, you know, we just got to get more in the professional beach game. And the demographic is amazing the biggest shortcoming of our sport is this we don't have any equipment yes there's no industry there's nothing to sell Uh. so like the other day saturday i went to the u.s open volleyballs at uh yeah but that's it glasses and volleyballs and some shorts oh and um by the way the hardest sponsor i've ever tried to get over the years sunglasses (laughs) anyone oakley's the richest and the cheapest yeah in terms of like how much money they want to give out. Well, Oakley, oh, Oakley, because I was an Oakley athlete. Right. They're competing with themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Like they can give everyone glasses give, and people will just wear them. Right. Because <laughs> the qual the product is so good. It is. And there's no one out there, and it's a weird it's a weird deal. But what I was totally. gonna say was um, Saturday I went to the U.S. Open uh, that was at LACC, yeah. and oh my gosh, the build out of that tournament like i can't i was astonished like from t-box to green double decker vip the entire 18th hole yep Mm. i was on the the 12th hole in this suite that had two double deckers of probably 10 suites on each no way i mean you're watching tv you look over thing and rory's putting and like and then merchandise. They had tents the size of gyms. And Kent, two Kent of them. Went. Did you run into Kent? No, I haven't seen so Kent in a while. He sent me a video, like sold out. The merch was like it was empty in, it by was Sunday. Insane. It was <laughs> insane. I was like, this is a build out. Like, but you know, golf has a different model. I, most, uh, of course, the U.S. Open is a whole nother level, right? right. But even like Riviera, mm-hmm. there's an organization that works on that tournament all year it's it's not Hmm. a traveling kind of deal right it's that local promotion Mm. um and you know i think we need to you know look at the golfs and the tennises and 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 see what can happen but the demographic the athleticism the sex appeal the competitiveness it's all there. Yeah. It just needs to be packaged. So it's almost, uh, you could argue it's as, as good as ever. Yeah. Certainly the talent is. Yeah. It's just, and I don't have the answer. Yeah. But there's a lot of really good ingredients. Totally. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope it keeps, I hope it gets back on the trajectory yeah. that it needs I think, to be. Uh, well, we're talking about the college numbers doing so well on ESPN. And I think that the college format is so good for a television product because if there's a bad match on court three, right. you don't have you don't have to put it on. You have the scoreboard ticker up there. It's like, right. you know, the Norses are up eighteen to ten. All right, yeah. we don't need to see that match. We can just go to this one on uh, one that's tight. Yeah. Go to the Norses for match point. Great job it's celebrating. It's like getting NFL Red Zone on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It, techni- a, it technically it's exactly is, what it is. Because I remember so. I I broadcast gosh one of the last tournaments. And where was it? Not New Orleans. An AVP? Huntington? Yeah. I think Huntington it was Huntington. Lost AVP? Yeah. Huntington, yeah. And I don't know. 
I think one of the finals was really kind of mediocre. And, I was in one of them, so. And, <laughs> and, uh, I was trash talking and jump setting, so it might not have been mine. Yours I did my three. best. Yeah, the women's, <laughs> the first, the women's was weird. Yeah. Because Kelly and Sarah kind of handled Betsy and Julia in the first set, but then it went, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, if you were broadcasting, uh-huh. but it went off air for uh, the whole second set until the last, like, two points. No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah so I have no one. idea what happened. One. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So actually, was, actually, our final wasn't amazing. Because it was like... But I remember... Oh, we made a comeback in the first... I don't know. They start to blend. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, You've only called 9,000 matches. No, but it was... Uh, to, to your point, it's like if a, if a match is a little can be a little stale it's nice to have that ability to jump around so right. i think there's a you know some sort of happy medium i love watching bracket play um i would like it to be single limb i think then you guys would have less matches more of those matches would be featured and and, and you'd get better quality you wouldn't see yeah. exhausted athletes right like right. if a team had gone through the losers and like really been grinding like their their legs aren't there Right, quite as much as they yeah, could be, and that's yeah. not as good of a product, right? Which is, man, there's Australians. I couldn't believe they still had wild. the legs in them. I know. Did you, I don't know if you kept up with the challenge in Latvia. I didn't. But I these, didn't, so these not that two long. Aussies, Thomas Hodges and Zach Schubert, they're yeah. they're very good. They made a final in Elite 16 last year, but their points had washed out, so they're back in challenge qualifiers. Right. So they win two matches in the qualifier, and they go out. They win both matches of pool play. One of them went to three. And then and thirty six, thirty eight, one of them. Yeah, and I was playing next, what? and I'm like, yeah. Can you guys so their end? first set against Ukraine was either thirty six, thirty eight, or thirty four, thirty six. Yeah, something uh-huh. like that. And that was their first round. Went to three in their second round, three in the semis, three in the finals. Wow. And they won eight straight. And I, and I was and commentating the, the finals. Yeah. So wow. they lose the first set, twenty one ten to George mm-hmm. and Andre. I'm like, okay. they're they're done. Their legs have fallen off. They win the second, and I was like. There's no chance they win three. They got nothing left because wow. they play a taxing style. Yeah. They just beat everything. Yeah. Big jump serve, big swing every time. <clears throat> jump high, hit hard. <laughs> they won. I couldn't believe it. It was like, fun to uh, watch. What's his name? Brower. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> just ass like, I'm like, do you ever shoot? And he's like, no. I was like, you shoot a few times. I mean, everyone's on their heels because you're yeah, exactly. you know, making blast it. Just to save your shoulder. Yeah, and it seems he's still going, right? Mm-hmm. He's still his, his same partner. Same partner. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's you know those guys met. They were both like injured. One had like a knee injury. One like a shoulder or something. And they're like, "Hey, let's give it a shot." You know. And then they and won that a world was back in like 2010 or something. And then they won a world title yeah. like a year or two later. Yeah. And so cool. Been together for like 15 years or yeah. something. That's wild. 13 years. Is Gavira still out there? Uh, yeah, he him is. and Herrera. They're playing awesome, too. Yeah, I haven't amazing. seen him in a while. I don't that's know what I mean, hurt. Herrera. Herrera, I'm not kidding you. Four Olympics, right? I played in the Olympics with Herrera. Yeah, I think five. In 04. Oh, five. Five Olympics. In 04, I remember he got Four. silver. Silver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I, I freak out when I hear And that's with the COVID year. <laughs> no, but I... Like, Tokyo got pushed even further yeah. and he played in it. And now he's probably... It's on yeah, track. Yeah, Holy I crap. think about that and I'm like, oh my god, there's no way I could still be <laughs> yeah. doing that. Like, and how? And cool. he hits like OT. If it's a tight <laughs> oh ball, my he just swings so high. <laughs> yeah. Still makes it look so easy. Yeah, crazy. On I, I, that's amazing. Herrera's been playing for. They won an event ever. this year. They won it's the pause. They won a challenger. Nice, nice. 
Because they're always like they're always in the mix. Just two like, like solid, extremely yeah. solid volleyball players. One of the best side out teams out there yeah. still. That's so yeah. awesome. They don't they don't make many defensive plays, but they don't need to. Like every time you watch one of their matches, it's like an eighty five percent side out rate. It's like yeah. who's gonna get two aces and a block? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that wins the set. Mm. So good. <laughs> yeah. So good. With uh I'm curious with just coaching alone with the college format versus like is your do you think the approach of coaching a doubles a doubles team versus you know a whole college team as one like trying to win like that yeah is a completely different coaching strategy because i I think about it like i'm basically in some ways Mm -hmm. trying to coach my team right i'm like a leader of my team trying Mm -hmm. to make sure the roles are right and we're all communicating the right way but it's so different with two guys yeah. on the court and then you have but you have those two individuals out there but then like multiples of it <laughs> so i'm just curious yeah. like if it's, it's interesting it's like you can get more in depth when you just have a pair and really particular yeah um which is interesting too because like you, you've coached probably and been coached and when it's so everything's about you and your partner like sometimes it, it's like it takes that coach that understands like when to really yeah. back off because mm-hmm. there's so much time like together totally whereas with a roster of 20 it's easier to navigate in terms of your coaching staff and it's cool will we'll, um, the NCA opened up that second assistant role, uh, job now oh, so really? the volunteer will disappear oh i didn't know and that. But it's up to, to pay the assistant job. Yeah, it's up to the university, uh, but our university will for sure right. yeah. be in it. Uh, we try to, you know, and I think I have a responsibility as, you know, I think we have the top school in the country, so we got to be a leader in pushing. I think a lot of schools will look like, hey, USC's not doing it, so right, right. why would we? But mm-hmm. when we are, I think it it elevates everything. Um, but having two coaches having two coaches that are not exactly me yeah. you know you don't want three of, of the same person right. yeah and then it's kind of cool because the players can resonate maybe with right you know if if i'm the head coach and you two guys are assistant like maybe they want to be yeah you know getting more feedback from you yeah, like this and, girl like really yeah. like listens and hears yeah what this coach is saying i'm just gonna let them yeah connect kind of thing exactly and then it takes a head coach open to okay i see that right i don't need to to be the guy Mm -hmm. that's why you hire the right people Mm -hmm. yeah um and so i guess there's more my question my answer to that is there's more ways to buffer Rather yeah. than it's just like, yeah. hey, I'm the coach, you guys are playing. I'm the coach, you guys are playing. It's more fluid to where sometimes I leave you guys and you know now Gustavo can work with you. Right. And then I'm back, you know. Yeah. And, and having five or six teams, I like each coach to have maybe a couple teams that they'll be working with. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. So you find the, like the coaches that gel with certain teams and. Yeah, because you don't want to be like, everyone's different, right? Yeah. Like, the ones have to play the ones. The fives have to play the fives. The coaching is going to be 
pretty different. Uh, of course, we're trying to accomplish the same things in terms of volleyball styles mm-hmm. and and play and effectiveness, but you're going to be playing against different people, so you're looking at a different film than you're looking at. And if I can, if you have two teams, you have two teams, I have two teams, that's six teams. Mm-hmm. And I can really get in to those two teams. Right. If the coach is the right match. I mean, I'll be honest with you, there's sometimes where players don't vibe with coaches but right. you know maybe the other four teams are already with coaches and it's like it gets a little dicey mm-hmm, totally um but i think managing personalities is a big thing uh we've had a lot of great players and i see the head coach's job as not only the nitty-gritty volleyball stuff which i love but more importantly making sure personalities are okay. Um, and the way I do that is I try to treat everybody the same. Mm. So many people think like, oh, if I come on as a walk-on, I'm not going to be treated like a scholarship. Like, if once you get in the door, I don't care if yeah, you're yeah. on a 2% scholarship mm-hmm. or uh, 90%, you know, whatever it is, you're on the squad and let's play. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to... Other other coaches are like, I would never play a freshman at whatever position, you know. Halfway into the season of that uh, 21 season, I put Megan Kraft with Tina at the one, and everyone was like, oh, two blockers. They can't, right. they can't play together. Huh. Like, they never lost. <laughs> and But Megan was a freshman. Yeah. You know, but I... <clears throat> The way she'd played, I'd known her. She'd been coming to our camps uh, for some time, and you just knew that she could handle it. Yeah. And um, and she'd taken a fifth in an AVP. Right, right, right. That didn't <laughs> she hurt. She can play ball. Right. Yeah. They can play. And they won a state championship in uh, in high school, her yeah. and, and Delaney. And you know how it is. It's like winning's contagious. Like yeah. You don't just win usually here and there. It's like it's it's just some people are winners and some people aren't and some people are on their way to getting there but i don't like to look at like you're a freshman you're a senior you're right. a scholarship athlete you're not like you're just a player mm-hmm. and i i always tell the, the the team like you guys pick the <laughs> roster not me like right. i mean like honestly could i have ever put like tina gradina at a number two spot <laughs> I couldn't. Right. Right? Like, I'd be thrown in jail. Right? Right. <laughs> but I didn't create that. Right. You right. know, she did. Yeah. She And I tell players, like, you got to make the decision really easy for me. Yeah. To where I look like a fool if right. I'm making a, a decision opposite of, like, you know. Yeah. And I think when you put that in their hands and you empower them with that freedom, like... I'm driving this bus, right. you know, and then, but you only do that by creating the relationships, creating, um, trust and off the court to where when you're, when you're in the heat of it and you're giving instruction, they're going to listen mm-hmm. and they're going to realize like, Hey, like they're not going to question motives. Yeah. You know, it's, Hey, we're here for one thing. Yeah. And that was the coolest thing about the national championship this year was um, in that semi, we played TCU, and Megan Delaney lost at the one to Daniela, the, the Spaniard, the, the girl uh-huh. from Spain. 
which is a solid player. And um, the whole year, Megan and Delaney had lost once. That was it going into that. And so Olivia Bakos and Gabby Walker, Bakos is, was a junior this year and, and Walker was a freshman. It came down to the five court yeah. and they had to step it up. That was the semis. Then you get to the finals and we won the first two which I think really freed up. I think UCLA was like, you backed someone in a corner, they just come out swinging because right. you had nothing left. And they, uh, the ones ended up winning. And then it, our twos and our fours ended up winning. That's how we got up two to zero in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it came down to the third three spot with the twins. And my point is with all this is, everyone was able to focus on their match. It's easy when you have five teams to be like, oh, so-and-so is going to take care of it. Yeah. But as soon as you do that is when you get caught. Hmm. Especially if they don't take care of it and you're like, well, now, yeah, now you're like, what do you mean? Everybody's here (laughs) on my court and you're just freaked out. Right. So I think it's you're, you're technically teaching the same volleyball stuff yeah you're just dealing with a lot more individuals right and so you're having to manage that but it's pretty cool having all those individuals because now you have this practice environment with all these great players rather than you know you're if i'm just coaching a pair you're probably calling another pair yeah on the beach and train Mm -hmm. and for sure yeah, yeah whereas this is like Boom, you know, you're playing Tina. And then, like, the next rally, Julia's out on the court. And then the next rally, it's Haley Harward. And then it's Megan Kraft. Right. And, you know, it just keeps on coming. <laughs> yeah. And you just elevate. And we've tried to use that talent to, to push the level. So then when it's game time, it's it's like they've been battle-tested. Yeah, you're, uh, huh. the player development at USC is significant. Yeah, just because well, when you had you had a pretty young team this year, mm-hmm. but you've had one of the biggest benefits of having such a deep roster is that even the girls who aren't playing are getting so much better in practice because they're siding out against a Tina block. They're passing right. a Julia Skull serve. They're digging Haley Harward's bombs. Yeah. And then they get in the court and they're like, oh, this is a little bit easier than yeah. trying to play Tina. <laughs> it's, it's true. It, it is true. Um, and it's that's another thing is – you want to develop the the 15 through 25 yeah. player on your roster or 15 through 20. Um, but it is hard with just three coaches. Yeah. So you do a lot of development during the fall and then in the spring as the season goes on, you, you kind of really need to hone in mm. on that focus of who's going to be on the, on the court. Um, it would be cool to have like even a, like one more court, one more coach. Yeah. Um, but it's so new. I mean, we're not even 10 years. So is there, now yeah. that there's a paid assistant, a second paid assistant, mm-hmm. can you also have a volunteer? Or is no, that, no. so now the, there are no volunteers. No more volunteers. Or if you, well, if you don't take that paid assistant. I think you, you can have. You the, can have a volunteer. I think you can have the volunteer if you decide not to have. Got it. The, the paid assistant. So I think schools can stay, stay okay. where they are. But you can't have a staff of four. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. I thought at first we were getting an extra <laughs> as well, and um, which would have been awesome for the the student athlete, right? Because they yeah. benefit the most because now they're getting even more instruction, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's um, it's evolving. It's young, and um, you know the one thing I wanted to make sure we talk about, and and I don't know if you guys are really aware of it, but <clears throat> and I'll try to make this this clear right how it works <laughs> yeah but do you know the difference between headcount sports and equivalency sports no uh no it's okay if you don't yeah. I, I had no clue yeah. before coaching at college headcount sports are sports like football's headcount basketball's headcount both uh, male and female um let's see uh indoor women's volleyball headcount what that means is there's a number that's been determined for football. It's 85. They get mm-hmm. 85 scholarships. You can't that divvy them. Insane. You can't divvy them up. Yeah. It's 85. Right. right. You can't split them in half. Women's indoor has, um, I want to say, 12. Uh, women's basketball, 15. Men's basketball, 15. Okay. So those are head count. Equivalency sports are sports that are... I guess you'd call them underfunded, right? Men's volleyball still has four and a half scholarships like when you played. Right. Right? Like when I played. Yeah. <laughs> and there's six starters. Beach, right now, we have how many starters? Ten. With six. So six. is every player six. on a football team on a full ride? 85? Oh, yeah. You have D1. to. Yeah. Every single D1 football player is on a full ride? Right. Either and that or nothing. Yeah, or nothing. Insane. Yeah. And that's if you're if you're number eighty six, you wouldn't be. How many guys are on a football roster? About eighty. A lot. I, I'm sure <laughs> that's most. A big number. But everyone. I bet I, I <laughs> would even spare five, four of the yeah. or uh, uh, one and a half of those to get a men's volleyball full yeah. starting roster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, football they fund the rest of the athletic oh, programs. I mean, let's be honest. What drives <laughs> right. the NCAA? Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> baseball equivalency. Um, okay. So track and field equivalency um so they're very different yeah so right now we're limited we're such a new sport my crusade which if this happens will i believe change the landscape of the sport if beach gets designated from the ncaa as a headcount sport and they were to increase that number to 12, right? Which would make sense. Yeah. 10 starters, uh, 12 or more, right? 12 would be fantastic. Imagine how this changes the landscape. Every big school that's all in is going to have 12 rides, right? So right now what's happening is if I'm in junior high, and I look at, and I'm playing beach, and you guys know a lot of people are doing this, right? They're playing indoor on their club. They're playing mm-hmm, beach. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and remember, I told you when I was a kid, looking at the volleyball magazine, and I'm like, okay, there's a path. Yeah. There's a pathway. So if you're looking at college, that's your big thing, and expenses and your socioeconomic situation is a question mark, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go indoor where there's 300 plus D1 schools that probably have 12 rides? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to play on the beach where there's 
six scholarships at most. And you'll be on like a 40 percenter. It might be on a 40 percenter. Or lower. So imagine if beach changed to a headcount sport, had 12 rides. You didn't have to make that decision. Imagine how many spectacular athletes play mm. club that play indoor that never go the beach route because of that mm -hmm. issue. And so think of it from like a socioeconomic standpoint and think of how much more diverse the sport would become because you'd have the best athletes in the sport right. playing beach where a lot of top athletes now never, never even dabble in it. So that's basically a stroke of the pen by the NCAA lifting. I mean, we don't even have to come... It would be nice to be designated headcount, but if they just lifted the scholarship limit from six to eight would work, to 10 would work, to 12 yeah. mm -hmm. would work, then you're going to have young kids thinking, I can get a, I can get a full scholarship. Because right. I know it was important for me to get a full scholarship. Uh, it didn't matter how I was coming in. Like I think at the end of the day when I was at Pepperdine, they worked with like Cal grants and this, and mm -hmm. you know, since I have a diverse background, I was available to get and whatever else I could get from any aid, the actual athletic number could go to a teammate. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. But it was important that I get covered because I just, we weren't in a position to, to pay for it. My family wasn't in a position mm -hmm. to pay for Pepperdine. Yeah. Right. You know? And so, so wait, did you accept, scholarship then or no you just yeah yeah but you it could was, get both it was kind of piecemeal you can get around. both right yeah because with financial aid changed. financial aid you can't accept scholarship and financial aid is at that some still a thing? schools yeah i think that's a it's more of a conference thing i think that was the case with me i couldn't get any scholarship yeah it's it's the way it is in the yeah, back okay, yeah yeah like right now and what he's referring to is like you you can only get one or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Like if he has a need, they couldn't base, offer me as much as I could get for financial aid. Basically, is what happened. Right. So if he has a need based of fifty thousand, then he 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 puts in the application and it kicks out and the the financial aid package could be fifty. Yeah. Um. I as a coach can't fill up the fifty. Okay. With athletic. Yeah. On top of that. Okay. He's got to take one or the other. Got it. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense to take the athletic aid because then he's taking money that could actually go in the program. So right. he would take the financial aid. The coach I'd, scores actually. Then yeah, then you, then yeah, you're in a better position now. I can go offer you something. Right. To get you in. Yeah. So it's a weird game, financial game behind the scenes, but it's a game that none of the headcount sports play. Right. Right. Because they're already taken care of. Yeah. And huh. I just, my dream is to get Beach at the collegiate level providing those types of scholarship numbers. And then that's basically taking the lid off of the whole thing. And that's the only thing holding it back right now. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think. And uh, you'll see. You just you need that path. I keep referring to that mm -hmm. that vision of like, oh, I see myself. I can go that right. Way. I, I can do yep. that. Yeah, I can do that. What's the what's the benefit of an equivalency sport system? <laughs> do you, 
It's a great question because I, you know, because I, it's so easy to understand. Yeah, you know, it's like single elimination versus modified pool play, where right. single limb with the mod, with the full scholarships headcount that yeah. is easy to make sense of. Yeah. Whereas, because you were talking about the value of a USC scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, a fifty percent is a lot higher. But you and school schools like USC, Pepperdine, mm-hmm. Stanford. Recruiting-wise, you have an uphill battle because even on a fifty percent scholarship, they still have to pay like fifty grand a year. <laughs> oh, now you're starting to get it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, but like if you get a fifty percent scholarship at a Florida State, right, and you're in state, you're paying like eight, and so it's a the recruiting battlegrounds aren't even in an equivalency sport. And obviously, (laughs) and obviously you're doing just fine. No, no, no. (laughs) That's what I preach. It's, it's not, it's not an even playing field. It's not even close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not even close. Right. And so, and especially since you're private, I mean, even UCLA being a state school has a a much easier time of it. I think because just as the price tag is lower. Totally. Because it, like that was a big struggle when Delaney was at Pepperdine. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're an eighty thousand dollar a year school, so we offer you a fifty thousand dollar scholarship mm-hmm. or a fifty percenter. Right. You're still paying a huge out of pocket yeah, exactly. expense versus if you go to you know if you're in Texas and you go to TCU, it might be a different case. No, yeah. TCU is right up there with. Are Pepperdine. they? Yeah. I was okay. on like bad example, but yeah, but I know yeah. What you're, I know what you're saying, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, you nailed it. So I'm glad I. <laughs> Explained it yeah. because you nailed it. It's um, and if if you got to that headcount, they would t- it would make it. It's even, even. It, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So a lot of uh, what you do as a, a beach coach is is like GM stuff, right? Right. Where you're, you know, <laughs> it's really, it's like a salary cap. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I was on the phone the entire drive dealing with. I bet percentages and wow yeah that's and it's a crazy chess match because you're like well i really like this recruit and this recruit but i only have yeah. one and a half left and i got yeah. 75 but is that enough to seal yeah. her like right I, I love it i love the financial aid like yeah. how's her family the doing concept. right yeah. yeah it's uh so i i'm a yeah. i'm a fan of the headcount i'm trying to it think it would of, be nice if they switched every sport yeah. over to it and it it just would make sense yeah it's like but i get it like well, it's not even revenue generated. It's not just based on that. It's just, it's it's almost like they're in that position now, and it's like, like we said earlier, that's how we've always done it. Right. And it's like, because yeah. no one has a good answer. No one <laughs> right, really right, has right. a good answer other <laughs> right. than it's just the way we've done it. This seems right. It seems like our whole sport at the professional level. <laughs> so, so I think we have a really great chance to be the exception and that bucks the rule because women's beach volleyball is the fastest emerging NCAA sport Mm -hmm. of all time. It's not even a decade old and the numbers are off the chart. Female volleyball. Yeah. In our country. Yeah. Women's sports right now are, are thriving and on such an upswing. And I think it's a great time to strike to, to make this, this happen because it's just going to provide more opportunity. Um, and it's just, there's no good rebuttal. And it's a, it's a really great time where the NC2A is starting to take their hands off of a lot of stuff. Right. Whether that's good or bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things are getting really, 
different, let's yeah. just say. Yeah. Um, and with the uh, the name, image, and likeness, the NIL stuff, it's the whole the whole kind of platform of sport college sports is is changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's just there's so much money in football and basketball, but the football is it's insane. It's cartoon money. Yeah, it's just. And everyone wants a piece. Every network wants a piece. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool. And I think we all know that football drives the bus with ac- with athletics. When football's doing well, other sports are doing well mm-hmm. out of school. Um, but at the same time, we got to be careful. Do we want it to just be about football? Right. That's the question. Like, you got to sit back and say, all right, what are we trying to accomplish as a college sports and it's pretty cool when you have the beach volleyballs the indoor volleyballs the rowing the soccer mm-hmm. the lacrosse the you know you name it all these sports um imagine if it's just if it just comes down to just football you know right as great as football is it's pretty cool that so many athletes can compete at a collegiate level in so many different sports, Mm -hmm. even though we know and everyone knows it's driven by the revenue sports, but I hope it never goes away. You know, I hope that, you know, kids can aspire to play lacrosse and play soccer and play volleyball and play, you know, do track and field. And that those are still offerings at schools where a lot of stuff is in flux right now. Yeah, totally. It's really, uh, I've read a lot of interesting. There's so much interesting stuff on NIL uh-huh. because it's so new. And one of the pieces that I read was that NIL is actually a good way to start breaking away from being so reliant on football mm-hmm. because now you can have. Mm-hmm. I'll use the Cavender twins at Miami. Mm-hmm. Two women's mm-hmm. basketball players. They're mm-hmm. making two million a year in their final year at Miami. You don't need to use scholarships on the Cavender twins when they're pulling they're in twins, two million right? a year. Yeah, yeah that's Cavender. Okay, I, they so were then, the first to sign NIL deals. Yeah, and they right? were like, big ones, like the day one. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Miami, right. they're on top of the NIL yeah. game, whether you know for better or for worse. Yeah. But <laughs> it's it's just an interesting marketplace. You see, like this LSU gymnast, she signed a big deal, but that then opens up. Now we don't the LSU or the Miami basketball program isn't mm-hmm. so reliant. Well, the football team is doing bad. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We have these girls coming in with NIL money. We're okay. Right. Like we can separate ourselves. It's a little bit more nice. democratic, yeah. I guess you could say. But it's the wild, wild west. Yeah, <laughs> right it's yeah. another way that you can. You know, it's a it's a door. It's another option, right? Like that didn't exist to get funding to an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, in our sport, as it, it constantly is changing, like day by day, the rules and how you can do it, it would be awesome to fill that gap from the headcount. Like, you right. know, if the NCAA is not going to give the scholarship limit to there, then teams are going to start trying to get there through NIL. Like yeah. you said, like if you can get an extra athlete through NIL, mm-hmm. that's, that's massive. Mm-hmm. Whereas football and basketball it's more like what can you do for me right because <laughs> right. t- you're already covered and then you have the portal as well right that kind of mm-hmm. just gives the portals people are like yeah 
we have this. The portal is a perfect name for it. Yeah. Or I can step through the <laughs> yeah. portal and transport yeah. to yeah. something where I make more money, potentially, yeah. right? Yeah, I like the portal, but it also has its drawbacks, right? right. I it, could it's, see that. A lot of kids aren't sticking it out right. any longer. Hey, I just... Just leave. It's How like many kids agency. in college were just like pissed at like for half the year? Like, yeah. I mean, you have like seasonal depression. Like at some points, right? Like <laughs> right. you just have bad stretches. But now they they have now they're, out. they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna go over there. And then I've heard stories where you, you know you leave one program because you're not playing. You go to the next. You think it's great and it's worse. Yeah. And then they're trying to transfer again. So it's a cool avenue for the student yeah. athlete, but at the same time that kind of stick stick to itiveness is mm. is disappearing yeah, yeah. it's just like oh screw this I'm over <laughs> yeah. here and then i'm going over here and they, it's nice having that one time transfer exemption but if you need to transfer more than once you can find a way yeah uh, yeah and make it happen but um beach at least seems to be mostly fifth years just doing it. Beach seems to be mostly well, the fifth right, years. Right, but that, it's gonna, it'll disappear after this year. Right. Okay. Because the this COVID. last group, this is the last group who has a okay. COVID mm-hmm. year. So I thought it was important for us to really look into this last year of transfers who wanted to um, do, you know, have a different experience that senior year, like the, the players we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but I think it'll really calm down yeah. after this year. It'll be, there won't be out there yeah. as much. And you've had a pretty good retention rate at SC. I can't think yeah. of many people who've transferred transferred out from No. You. We've we've had a couple, but um Have you seen the facilities? No. <laughs> I have. Yeah, go on a go on a recruiting trip before you transfer. Yeah. Go check it out over, yeah. over wherever you want to go. <laughs> but Yeah, um, we've had we've had a few I've you're right. When when they come, it's it's rare that anyone's leaving, um, unless it's just not a good fit or they're way way behind the eight ball mm-hmm. and they're down the line and right it's uh we try to really open up recruits eyes like hey you're coming to play with elite athletes mm-hmm. and if you have a problem looking left and right and seeing talent right, right, right. then you're probably in the wrong place right yeah. go somewhere that um that's great i remember this <laughs> quick recruiting story I was uh, recruiting this girl. I thought she was like a 30, 30, 40% type. Yeah. Um, Good player. But I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I was talking to her mom. And she said, uh, well, it's it's really important that so-and-so is number one in her recruiting class. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, okay, well... Let's talk later. (laughs) That's the last call. Like, who wants, like, for what? You want a trophy? The label? Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And who wants to be the best in their class? That means that you're you're not. Right. You're not thriving for someone. Like, the best line I ever heard was, like, if you're the best person on the court in practice, like, you need to go find another court. (laughs) You know, you want to play up, play up, play up. Never and, want the nicest house in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but in uh, late 90s or mid-90s, get, just got out of college, I was playing with Canyon Seaman. Mm-hmm. Did you ever 
Yeah. You yep. can. You had some good tournaments. Yeah. You're fun to watch. So we we go down the beach one day. State Beach was a big beach back then. The All the North Bay guys, the, you know, Sinjin, yep. mm-hmm. Kent, and the whole deal. I'm sure yeah. you've gotten a billion stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're down at the beach. Karch and Kent are the team, right? They're on the streak as, as they always were dominant. And they practice up there once a week. And then I think Kent went down to San Clemente to, to practice with Karch on... Uh, once a week. And so we were practicing at state one day. They were up there. Whoever they were supposed to play, like, didn't show. And so they asked, they said, hey, will you guys play? And, you know, we were like, you're like, what the hell? Is it for real? Because <laughs> you got to understand, like, it's it's Karch. It's close to, like, the 84 and 88, you oh, know, yeah. happen. This is prior to, um, this is, I think, just, no, no, no. They just won... I think the gold, the 96. And okay. it was, um, they were practicing. They filled, we filled in. We played, you know, we scored like 11 out of 15. You know, we're playing at 15. So it was respectable. Yeah, you'll take that. And so they said, uh, yeah, we play up here once a week. You guys want to play. And we were so stoked. You know, like, <laughs> like to, we were practice dummies for them, but we're, for us, like playing the championship game for every sure. yeah. Wednesday or whatever yeah. it was. So we played. This was, um, this was, no, you know what it was? It was the preseason going into the 96 okay. uh, season, the 96 year, which was Atlanta. Uh. And we uh, played them every week, every week. And finally the season starts, right? And so it was in Fort Myers and uh, Candace just bombing serves and we're going through people and all of a sudden we make it to the final, right? Yeah. And freaking wouldn't you know it, we're playing against Karch and Ken. <laughs> and we're bombing serves. Like, you you know, like, yeah. they had to be going like these freaking kids. Yeah. Like, they don't even know what they're doing, you know? Just, <laughs> we get up 13 to... Seven, 13 I to... I think it was 13-8. Something like that. Yeah. Like, acing them off the court. It was, like, crazy. Yeah. They go on to side out somewhere between 27 and 30 consecutive times. Oh, my God. And beat us 16-14. No way. And we were still stoked, right? Like, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the next week, we're, you know, waiting for the call, like, to practice. And, like, Monday comes, no call. Tuesday, <laughs> like, no call. Yep. And that was the last yep. time we ever <laughs> So I always tell people that, like, the only way we got up to that level was playing these guys that mm-hmm. were just dominant and yeah. just studs. And and it was cool. Like, Karch kind of created that training mentality. Like, now you go down the beach with, you know, 20, 30 balls each. Yeah. And you would just wrap. You would wrap. Mm-hmm. Like, there would be yeah. over 100 balls down there. Yeah. And, Rather than just pick up game kind of Yeah. Thing. And what they loved to do was side out. They would Everyone would serve 30. 30 balls so i would serve 30 you would serve 30 you and mm. then the fourth and the the sweet spot they would always go for was 24 i think it was which is about 80 80 percent pretty good it's pretty good yeah. it's 24 and so you could do it anyways like we could split our 30 yeah. you know and just like an alternator guy do 15 you could do 15, whatever yeah. you wanted to slice it but that was the main drill and it was just a side out mentality because 
at the end of the day, and I even preach it now, like, you side out, you can play with anybody. Mm-hmm. It's about to fall, Trey. Oh. If you, uh, <laughs> if you, if you giving up points, you're in for a long haul. And your mentality oh, changes, right? 100%. When you're playing and you're like, I just gave up, we've given up three. Now I got to make up three. You're like, I just got three blocks and it's tied. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, what do I got to do? Right. It's a totally different mentality, but. We're going to take a second to give a shout out to a new sponsor of the show. It is the Sostware Tournament in Navarre Beach, Florida. One of the prettiest places I have ever played beach volleyball. Now, why are we advertising for a tournament? It's on July 21st through 23rd in Navarre Beach, Florida, and they have put together a $17,000 prize purse. Yes, that's right, $17,000. The winners split $5,000 each, which is significantly more than if you win an AVP Tour Series. So, Software has put together a very competitive prize purse. And then on top of that, the next day on Sunday, they're putting together a co-ed fours. Minimum one girl is required. And the winners of that split three grand. So you could pop down to Florida, one of the most beautiful places I've ever played, win a couple tournaments, and bam, you're splitting eight grand with your buddies. That sounds like a good weekend to me. Now, you've got to be on top of it, though, because registration for men's and women's doubles ends on July 14th, 2023. You can go to Sostware.com for player sign-up, all the tournament information you need. That's at Sostware.com. Registration ends July 14th. The Low Division Force Co-Ed also has a $1,000 prize. So even if you're not up to that open professional level that this tournament is going to be attracting, there's still plenty of fun for you to have and a couple bucks to win. Now, it's Software and Navarre Beach Tattoo Company. They've partnered on in this venture, so a special thank you must go out to Juana's Pagodas, where I first learned how to play beach volleyball. Love that place. Special thanks to them for hosting the tournament and Navarre Beach Tattoo Company for providing a lot of the sponsorship, as well as Juana's, Navarre Beach Tattoo Company, Software, Bulldog Beach, Trash Can Unlimited, Select Physical Therapy. They are all sponsoring this event there are still vendor spots available, so you can go to Sauceware.com to reach out if you want to be a part of this tournament. Should be a fun ride. I am stoked to go back home, play some beach volleyball, partnering up with my buddy Caleb Queckle for this one. So we're going to try to win some money. But again, registration at Sauceware.com for the players ends July 14th. So I will see you guys down in Navarre Beach, Florida. Let's get sauced. If, it, if your side-out game is strong, it's... And it's hard to tell how good player side out game is now because mm. of the score. Right. Yeah. You know, it used yeah. to be like, you'd be like, it's, yeah, 100%. It's, it's three to three. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, it's eight to three. So they've gotten eight and they haven't let you get anything. Yeah, and right. then, you know, five minutes later, you're still at three and people are like, oh my gosh. Whereas it's you don't see the maniac siding out, right? Yeah. Even though you may side out every time now, there's that point going up, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you lose focus of the just the side. Yeah, out. totally. But I think that mentality is important. <laughs> so, I know Anna was big on that mm-hmm. when she was at SC. Is that kind of a big philosophy <clears throat> for you still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was big when I played. Yeah. As well, I I just think it's foolproof, right? If, if you can side out. out. Because now, now, nowadays game, and I tell players this all the time, it's like count this the big score and see what it really is. You mm-hmm. know, your games might be three to two, yeah. But technically, if you win the toss, 
if your side out game is really solid and you're not going to give up, then you need to score one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you start thinking that and some people that like freaks them out. Yeah. And but it's true. Is that going to usually happen? No. But is it possible? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 1919, you side out and now you're 2019. Yeah. And then you score a point. And then you break it down to, you know, just, okay, siding out is the priority. When do I side out best? Mm-hmm. When I'm getting a good set. When do I get the best sets? When I'm passing. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like, as, it's hard to preach that to yeah. young kids and stuff, yeah. right? Like, but I feel like that's why growing up in Hawaii, like it was just so, I feel like that's all they taught us mm-hmm. was how to pass. Mm-hmm. Even indoors, like we didn't get coached on the beach. Indoors, we were just passing all the time. And then they didn't teach us how to block or hit. They were just like, yeah, you can figure that out. Like, your kids, like, of course yeah. you want to block and hit. It was just pass all I the think time. The and biggest, defense, like, yeah. I think that's so true. The biggest part is getting the, the, the athlete to understand that you hitting the ball out just now is not the problem. Right. <laughs> right. Like the problem right. happened uh, about three or four seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always happens three or four seconds ago. It's you rarely, mm-hmm. you know, that everything's perfect. You know, sure you got stuff. Right. But the athlete who gets so married to the points and they you know, they this pass is thirty feet off and then the set's way off and then they fall down hitting this ball and it hits the back line and they're like excited and i'm like what are you excited about (laughs) this is garbage right (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah and you have to get into that mindset like that was not good yeah rather than like hey we got the point like there's i mean it's different right at the top level like you get away with one and you're like "Ah," yeah you know like and it's a yeah but from a deep down understanding of where the errors are taking place yeah rather than just being like did we win or or not you know did i win because the ball clipped the top of the tape and flipped down whereas the defender was actually waiting on that terrible shot right so that's uh, that's hard we've been like you know coming back we every tournament we're watching film trying to break it all down at the highest level now right everything just keeps coming back to if i can just lift my pass two feet higher then i get my set two feet higher yep and now I'm back to being me. Right. But for some reason, I've been keeping it a little lower. I'm beginning my set a little lower. Now I'm not high pointing the ball, right. and it just changes my whole game. Right. And you have to make a decision. Like, a it's not quicker. like we're we're in there looking for like we are watching hours of film, but like yeah. we're looking for like these crazy concepts, and then it's just like hey, try like pass a little higher. It's right. like boom, game's back. <laughs> yeah. We're golden. Yeah. <laughs> like so true. Yeah, w- when you so get true. to the higher level, or you've been doing this forever coaches pro players it's like you start to learn the value in that and you're just like that's when you start getting really interested and it starts being fun yeah passing right whereas like as a kid sometimes you're just bored yeah because you don't realize the value like well right, yeah. getting the kill is the yeah, part that gets the point kills yeah races. that's the part that gets the point yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah what i've started doing is once i got a lot more confident in my sad out game is on on the toss either first set third set whatever mm-hmm. is if i don't win because usually whoever wins will either take the good side or receive i'll always take the bad side because if you start out on the bad side and you trust your side out and you win it like it can break some teams because we did that in virginia beach in our quarterfinals which was a big one because if we won we qualified for hermosa Uh so it was the third set and i won the toss and i took the bad side 
And JD, my partner, was like, Messes what's your problem? Your yeah, <laughs> He's right. like, why'd you do that? Right. So, well, if we win the bad side, they're done. Like, right. it'll break them. And we won 4-1, went to the good side, won 4-1, it was 8-2, yeah. and it was game over. People overthink And then you get it. the choice. Yeah. They overthink the that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... Yeah, so People that's totally <laughs> yeah. partially why I just don't care. Hey, hey, try it. What side you on? Yeah. Okay. And if you take the bad side, the math works out that if it's like in 1817 or 1916, you'll end on the good side. Mm, so see? there's a lot of logic to it. <laughs> Might seem but counterintuitive. When you get the choice of the second set, you're probably going to take the. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'll just take I'll just take receive, and if I can't, then I take the bad side. Right. It's usually just what I ended up. There doing. is that can backfire sometimes when when you know when you go back and you're like they took what? <laughs> <laughs> we got the good side and the side. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and like, receive. These guys are <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, Delaney uh, used to do this drill where because when she was coaching at Pepperdine, Zoom has a windy beach, yeah. and they'd practice in the afternoons. Yeah. And so she basically, they just had a rule of Pepperdine where if you lost on the good side, if they're playing sets, you just lost the match. Hmm. And then you restart it. And I think about that all the time. If like, you lost, like, the. If you're on the, the good side, side and you lose that side, just a 4 3 switch, like a four, then. 4 3 down. Th- yeah, then you, the lo- then you lose. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you go back to 0 0. I, like I think about that a lot, like especially that. when I'm on the bad it's side. A huge like, part we of beat the game. Him. Yeah. If we beat them on the bad side, we win. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that every time. That's why it's good. I go yeah. blank sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're like, we just had good side, bad side in Latvia. And then we switched to the good side. Now we got the good side. I was like, oh, didn't know we were on the bad side. <laughs> it's like, whatever. It's all yeah. the same to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what's next for you then? What's your summer look like? You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's such a blessing to one three in a row like it hasn't really even mm-hmm. sank in gotta like, update your shirt yeah gotta update his shirt <laughs> for the viewers back, and listeners back. it says back to back national champs but it's, now it's got to be back to back to back <laughs> national <laughs> champs yeah we gotta print the new shirt but more importantly like oh you know get some downtime it's been busy because it's it's awesome it got so much exposure you know when we got back um it was fun. We got the twins on Sports Center, which mm. was a lot of fun. And the twins are Nicole and Audrey yeah. Norse. Yep. Nick and Nick and Audrey, and um, just did a lot of media with local stuff in LA. And um, we actually got invited to the White House last week Sick. and went to the White House with some other championship teams. That was really great. Um, and just doing fun stuff. I actually got to go to the uh, LA LAFC game. Where they oh, yeah. have the uh, falconer. Have you ever seen that? Where they have an honorary person <laughs> launch their falcon. So you get to put the glove on and yeah, the thing. And sick. it flies around and swoops down. And it's just such a, a cool thing. And uh, just having some fun doing some stuff. And yeah. then recruiting opened up for the class of 25 okay. on June 15th. So June 15th is the big day for all these high school sophomores that are now available to contact. So... It's it's a crazy game for about a week that these girls are getting offers yeah. and back you know it's it kind of opens the floodgates. They're they can message you all they want. They can send you video, they can do the whole thing before June 15th. But on June 15th, it's like almost everything shifts, yeah. right? Now the the coaches are actually calling them. Yeah. And huh. uh, I you know, I truly believe like the recruiting is half the battle you got to get good kids that are that are good character student athletes that are hungry 
that love to compete and love to work with their teammates. And um, I think that's where we've done a really good job of getting the right type of, of athlete in. I think, you know, the, one of the first players that I got was Haley Harward uh, and Julia Scholes. Um, and it's just, as the years go, go by, you start to figure it out more who, um, who works for your squad and who doesn't, who's diehard, you know, someone mm -hmm. who you call and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, SE's calling like hey that's where I want to go you you want someone passionate mm. about where you know rather than uh, weighing a few different offers and mm -hmm. you know you want that I think that passion when you're really playing for a squad you love is important mm -hmm. totally and um, so I, anyways I'm off on a tangent a little bit but it's it's been busy yeah uh, which is cool so I gotta shut it down yeah a little bit so you want that separation because we're back in school late august okay but um i have a lot of time in uh, july to 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 chill and then really excited about broadcasting i know hermosa is gonna be a little bit watered down because of a conflict not um, on the guys side yeah we guys decided to guys stay fully oh nice we just nice. decided to stay home so okay. i think only uh miles and andy will be gone nice yeah so, the girls side i would guess the girls, the girls, girls are very watered down yeah the girls are a little more like we're doing we're on the world tour and that's yeah. what we're doing yeah the guys are like any chance to stay home we're gonna do it yeah it's gotta be so hard to skip an event you can yeah. walk to yeah <laughs> yeah come on so that and then the the gold series you know in yep. august with atlanta and, and, and manhattan and then i think uh, chicago's in labor day mm -hmm. again. we'll try to be more entertaining this time no, I don't think I don't know if it, I don't think it was your match that I was referring to. Um, Probably the one that got cut off. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. But um, no, it's it's always so fun to broadcast. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. To you know, I'm so happy that I'm still a part of it and can keep my finger on the pulse of of what's mm -hmm. going on and. Mm -hmm. It's this race is going to be fun, mm -hmm. right? It's it's kind of crazy, and not only on the. Uh, the men's side, but on the women's side, it's the women's is almost crazier, crazy, right? How deep women's it is. is nuts. Yeah, three of the top five teams in the world are Americans. Yeah, and in the Olympic ranking, or yeah. just That's in the wild. Olympic rankings, right? Yeah, but at this right now, the Olympic rankings are pretty similar to entry mm -hmm. rankings. Do most of the teams have similar amount of finishes? Yeah, same amount of finishes, except for a handful of the Brazilian women are at like eight events already. Oh, geez. So they're really high up. Yeah, so that'll yeah. even out soon enough. But the yeah. top teams on the women's are pretty similar to what the world rankings would be. When is the soonest we can get to 12 finishes? Like, what's the 12th event? Probably sometime in the fall. Nobody's going to have played 12 straight, though. No. I mean, there's a couple that are trying right now. Like, Famela, Cordelia, and Toledo. They've played every event. Mm. and their average finish is not great but they're like number six but they're not really like a true yeah yeah exactly yeah because it's just it'll it'll even out soon yeah. enough but i think in the fall someone will hit 12 yeah so what's the rundown from here for you like how does the summer look not avp but international there's not hermosa was well so hermosa and manhattan are both conflicts yeah so well, tell me like your international so we're gonna skip Stad now because we're in the elite qualifiers uh -huh. and now everyone's starting to realize that that's like a death trap yeah. it's like yeah you could qualify and then break pool and then you're getting great points yeah 
But if you don't qualify and even don't break pool, like it could send you into what everyone's calling points hell. Because oh. it's only three out of four finishes. You can't afford oh to have gosh. more than one bad finish. And a few teams have like essentially eliminated themselves from like world champs, therefore maybe Olympic qualifying, just by losing in some of these elite So you're qualifiers. kind of setting yourself up for like the you, major. You have like to play the points champ. game like crazy right now. Because the world champs offer way more. Yes. Right. So if you, whoever gets top tens at world champs is going to have significantly better chances. And the winner of the world champs get an automatic, right? Yes, mm -hmm. but not for the U.S. Because the U.S. has decided it's the top two are going to go either way. So you don't get the bid. But you're going to get so many points, you're basically getting the bid. That's interesting. You'd earn yeah. it for the federation. Yeah, so it's like if if the U.S. five team wins it, they don't want the five team to go. They want the top two to go. The the federation has control. Yes, of the bid. but every other country, I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. I just I can't it. imagine a scenario that you win world champs and don't qualify anyway. Yeah, you'd have to go <laughs> off kind of crazy. for one of that and then really yeah. suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And world champs. But you'd probably sit out for a lot of events just to make sure you hold that. Yeah. You'd hold that. Because that if that's one of your three finishes like right. yeah. you're gonna be a top seed yeah. in everything where uh where is that being held this year uh mexico, mexico yeah oh, that's right basically yeah. mexico city yeah in like three three or four three cities. different locations within within the city Tlaxcala. yeah yeah wow. which Tlaxcala cool. was wild last year you yeah, didn't go altitude right as well no so yes highest altitude i've ever played it was like 7500 feet wow can't hit a jump surf in bounds that's insane. Yeah, everyone's in system. The, the, the side-out percentages are going to be astronomical. Deep, deep sand, too, which will be a crazy combo because they yeah. said it's the same sand we played it with in Tepic. Okay. And we were, like, slipping and sliding. Like, wow, cool arena, though. <laughs> the center court's uh, uh, an old bullfighting arena, <clears throat> and it's sweet. That's awesome. It's, it was a fun atmosphere. Yeah. Prague looks cool, that, like, factory? Or oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Ostrava. Ostrava. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's not like the most like entertaining stop in general, but like the venue alone and the uniqueness of it is really cool. I think it's a good stop. I, I'd be cool to not go back. <laughs> I never. Went I've been like four times now. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. So I got and a story for you. You talk about elevation. I had we played in Aspen once. Yeah. And I had, I had eleven aces in a game of fifteen. No kidding. Yeah. Jump serve. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So next time you think the altitude, yeah, I'm going to Denver next weekend. You gotta tell no, me your secret. Still balling it. <laughs> yeah, it was a different ball back then. I mean, it was it was a Wilson, and the ball's different now. Well, you gotta yeah. think if you can keep a jump serve in, now it's way harder to pass, right? Yeah, because the trajectory and the way it's coming up on you, rising on you, is different. You just like ping Maybe, people right here. Yeah, I don't know how it was, but it was at that elevation, which mm. is insane. But. um that's awesome. That's you say a, eleven aces in a match to fifteen. Yeah, it's a good number. Yeah, <laughs> your partner number. was not disappointed in you. That. <laughs> yeah. What did your partner? I think do? that <laughs> pull was, up a chair. I think that was. It might have been Eric and I's first event together. Eric was. And just, way to show off for him. Eric was yeah. just sitting <laughs> sitting in the corner, just cruising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost that one to Karch and Adam Johnson. That was a good team. Our kind of rival going into that two thousand Olympics. Yeah. Seemed like it was just back and forth, back and forth. But that sounds cool. It sounds like you're in a good position. Yeah, I mean we're just kind of getting country rolling. quota battle is yeah. is pretty much where it's going to be at, like every year. But yeah, we're doing pretty good. 
What is your next international event then? Because you're skipping Hamburg, probably. Um, yeah, we're probably going to skip Hamburg as well to play Manhattan. Hamburg's during Manhattan. Yeah. Stad's during her most. Both elites. Yeah, tough. So it's risky to skip them. But we're probably just going to do it because, I mean, why That's do you play the sport? You play it to play in Manhattans and Hermosas <clears throat> and qualify for the Olympics. But, like, yeah. you got time. If we were, if we were auto main draw, mm-hmm. we might have to consider just skipping. But right. especially when you're going for a three-peat on the pier. Right. It's hard, oh. it's hard to skip that one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we like three-peats. Right? <laughs> if we like three-peats. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's hard to pass. Yeah, you got to go for that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But no, it looks like we'll be able to hit potentially all the AVPs after that. Nice. But the next run's going to be Hermosa, Portugal, Edmonton, Montreal, Atlanta. It's Edmonton all five in a row. Montreal, wow. So it'll be five in a row for us before we come back for a, maybe a week or two. Yeah. And then we head off to more. So it, it's it's about to get heavy. How many miles are you doing these days? I hit, I have one K every year, every so year. over a hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> FC every time now. This almost. this year I'm gonna go way over yeah. for sure. But most flights. Business. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting upgraded it's to get around. When, but I have to fly on United, not a partner of United. Right. Oh, okay. And a lot of times yeah. you just buy the like, you, it's six hundred dollars cheaper. But you fly on Swiss out there. But then I can't right. get my upgrades on Swiss. So it's like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it makes a difference. I don't think it used to be like that. I think it used to be. That's what I thought. I used yeah, to call and then be like, okay, we'll request from Swiss to do it. Yeah. Now they're not doing that anymore. So I have to wow. get a United flight to Europe. Yeah. Or I'll get upgraded to like Newark. Got it. Which is like, eh, n- yeah. not the same. Do you still, are you United? Yes. Does United have anything like, I know American used to have those one-way upgrades. They'd give you like, if you were 1K. Yeah. Yeah. There's eight one-way upgrades, which were massive. Now they have. Because um, you could buy an economy ticket to South Africa. And and they had to bump you. Yeah. One class of service. So you were flying. They give you these plus points now. And then if the flight's longer, then it costs you more plus points. So it's a points game. But if you stay 1K, they give you a lot of points. So You're all about the points games. I hate points <laughs> in all. It's like you have to play it I have you're to play the game. I tried not to last year, and it kind of screwed me. I did yeah. about four years in a row of 100 plus. And yeah. it was cool because you had to do it. But yeah. now that you're out, you're like. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want to get to a, If I can get to a million miles before I retire, then, then I'm gold. And my spouse is gold for life. Nice. So that's that's a good benchmark. Yeah. But I'm only like you're on pace for it. I'm only like five fifty, five hundred fifty thousand now. I don't know how I did it, but I got lifetime platinum. Damn. They said it was two million miles. Oh, two million. I don't know how. Holy. I I, I don't think I'm traveling as much as. That's a lot of miles. Loyola told me he was like three million on American or something. Yeah. I remember he always was American as well. Yeah. But uh, now it's it's nice to have platinum and not have to earn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But it, I mean, it's laughable that you're on a, you're on the waiting list and you're like twenty fifth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's so many executive platinums now. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. And if you fly to the wrong airport, like going to Newark, good luck because yeah. it's those business right. guys yeah, who are right. going coast to coast. <laughs> if you go to like one of the smaller airports, then then you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dane, good to have you back on, man. Yeah, I'm glad we made it work. Always a pleasure. Did we do it last year? 
We did. Yeah, we did. We did it. Yeah, I think so. <coughs> For every national championship. Yeah, we just bring you back on it. every night. Keep it going. Every night. Perfect. We got a, a solid team coming up this year, and uh, but everybody's continuing to gun. Yeah. But um, hey, let's make sure we do it earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it works early. Uh, yeah. We, we took us a long time to coordinate. That yeah, totally. Well, with, now with us traveling and playing, right, and right. then you've got stuff to do. It scheduling yeah. during the summer is a bear, but. Yeah. Made it happen. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks get, for coming get on. Get through the we'll, traffic. We'll definitely. Good luck. We'll do it. We'll do it again. Yeah. After yeah. you get your fourth 90, you get your fourth pier. Let's go. Ooh. Third. Third. Can I get two for one? Third. <laughs> Trash trying to get his get fourth. A double? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Pleasure. Shoots. Shoots. <laughs>